Good morning, good evening, good afternoon from wherever you are watching me. I pray that God has been gracious to you. So we are doing the book of Philippians and today we are in chapter 3. And we are continuing in this chapter, brilliant chapter, wonderful chapter. And you can look at uh, what we did yesterday where Paul gives his reasons or his CV where he says of the uh, 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 verse 5, chapter 3 verse 5, he says he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, so he's saying, he's showing the, the people or showing the Philippian church that if there is anyone who has more confidence, uh, more, uh, more right to put his confidence on the flesh, it is him. Tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, he was a Pharisee. Now understand the Pharisees were the highest ranking members of the law. They were brilliant. They knew the law as if uh, it was the back of their hands. And so Paul was not struggling to understand the law. As for zeal, he was persecuting the church. He was so given to supporting his belief that people died in his hands. Now, once you read about Paul, you begin to understand that he was so zealous about serving God in his own way that he would kill Christians. It is said that sometimes uh, if in his process of killing people and his process of persecuting the church, he killed mothers who were pregnant and pulled out babies from their bellies, uh, you know, and destroyed them and killed them. Such that he was so brutal in his persecution that when they be, uh, he became born again, when he had this experience uh, with, with Jesus on his road to Damascus, people did not believe that Paul or Saul, as he, would, as he was known, had received Jesus. They did not believe that someone like Saul could be forgiven of his sins. But then God sends him to Ananias and, and he tells Ananias, because even Ananias himself was afraid of praying for Paul, and God says to Ananias, no, 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 do not be afraid. I must show him how much he must suffer for me. That, those are the words of God to Ananias. Such that God was planning to take Paul through a serious time of struggles, a serious time of suffering. But at the same time, the grace of God would be sufficient for Paul that he may be able to overcome all these challenges that he was supposed to face. He was persecuting the church and as for righteousness based on the law, he was faultless. Now when someone says that he's faultless when it comes to the, to the, uh, to the law, in the Jewish law, it is true he was faultless. In other words, no one found any fault in Paul. He was brilliant, he was excellent, he was a worker, he was a, produ he was a productive man, and he did his work the best way he knew how. But then verse 7 he says, But whatever were gains for me or to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Now all these things that Paul has spoken about, being of the tribe of Benjamin, being a Hebrew of Hebrews, meaning that he was so Hebrew that he would be called a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, being a Pharisee, having a serious zeal, all these things came with gains, okay? Maybe it was material gains, maybe it was recognition, maybe it was honor, maybe it was respect, but they all came with different gains, different benefits. 
And Paul says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And the question that we read from this is that what things in our lives do we consider as losses? What is it that you have looked in your life and said, for these things I may gain here, but I consider it loss for the sake of Christ? For example, in many nations across the world and across Africa, corruption is the way to go. You must bribe yourself into something. But then would you consider what is gain or what would be a gain for you? Would you consider it a loss for the sake of Christ? Would you consider that position? Maybe you are watching me and you are a government official or a public servant and you are somewhere. Maybe you are a member of parliament and you've been placed in this position by God so that you can serve the people. Maybe you have been elected. Maybe you are a CS in Kenya a cabinet secretary, or what we call cabinet ministers in this country. And God has placed you in that place. Maybe you are the president or the deputy president. Maybe you are in the judiciary and God has lifted you to higher heights. Maybe you are in parliament and God has exalted you and placed you in those places. Maybe when you got into politics, you are a believer, but now you are making excuses in every way that you can find. Maybe you are a businessman who prays and searches for the hand of God in every dealing that you have. I do not know your life, but God knows it and you know it. And the question I have for you is this. If you're a government official and they have brought to you some amount of money so that you can look the other way because there are things that need to be done and you know very well that these things that need to be done are things that will affect the nation of Kenya or the nation in which you represent. Will you look the other way or will you consider this loss for the sake of Jesus Christ? Will you fight it or walk away from your job and say, I will not compromise? Whatever gains to me, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Will you consider that bribe? a loss for the sake of Christ. Maybe you're a businessman and you want to do business and you are saying, I want to do business a clean way. But then there is no clean way, the kind of business that you want to do. So you go into this office and they want you to begin to bribe them so that they can give you a lot of business. And you say, oh, if I can bribe and make this money, then I can do it. Will you consider that gain as a loss for the sake of Christ, you're a Christian businessman. You're a Christian politician. You're a Christian man. You're a Christian woman. And you are there and you're faced by these things. You are seeing the gains. You can see what it will bring. You can see the benefits. You, maybe you have property. Maybe uh, the gains that are coming for you are properties. Maybe you'll have a few houses or a few pieces of land. But the cost of it all is that you have to give up something. You have to open a door for the enemy to enter, either in your nation or in your family or in your home or in your workplace. Yet the enemy is promising gains. But then Jesus is saying, consider them lost for my sake. The world offers many things, my brothers and my sisters. And many things may come to you and they may look like gains. They may look like, uh, uh, you know, things that are bringing success your way very quickly. But I declare to you today, will you be like Paul 
and say, whatever were gains to me, I now consider them loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. Many of us desire to walk with Jesus. Many of us declare that we walk with Jesus, that there are many things in our lives we never take and never consider them as loss. We are not willing to lose our comfort for the sake of Jesus Christ. We are not willing to lose our places of authority and respect for the sake of Jesus. We are willing to compromise and keep our positions. We are willing to compromise and keep our salaries. We are willing to compromise and keep to whatever it is that we do that does not glorify Christ. But Paul is saying, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. This is a consideration. This is a suggestion that I have for you. Would you consider things loss? What is it in your life that you would consider losing for the sake of Jesus Christ? In other words, what is this thing that is standing between you and Jesus Christ? So I declare and I pray for you today that you may begin to consider because there are things that you must consider as loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and the Lord be with you. Amen.